You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jackie French, really for Wahoo's 24-7. Um, before we get started, why don't you go ahead and like this video if you're on YouTube and go ahead and head over to wherever you listen to your podcast, either be on Spotify or Apple and leave us a review and rate us. It will help us continue uh, to grow the podcast since all those things help us with the algorithm. Um, and of course, all our content is always available on Wahoo's 24-7 on the 24-7 network. And obviously, if you log on to Wahoo's 24-7, you have access to all the 24-7 sites. So if you want to know more about Boston College, the team Virginia is facing this week, then you can go ahead and you don't have to pay extra to read about Boston College or any other team that Virginia faces this year in both football and basketball. So... Let's get right to it. Virginia is looking for the first win of the season when they travel to Boston to face the Eagles. Um, both of these teams are aiming for the first ACC win. Both of these teams have had a quite an interesting early part of the year. You can say that they both have done a good job to hurt themselves on the field to, and they've missed a few opportunities to secure wins. Um, if you look at the game against Florida State, Boston College gave FSU a game. But then against Louisville, it was a game where the defense just let Louisville run ragged. So it was a different team um, for both of those. And A.J. Black from Eagle Insider will be joining us on the show in the second half to talk about Boston College a little bit more. We're going to start off by just mentioning a little bit of the key matchups in my mind for Virginia when they faced off at Boston College. One of the things that I'm interested to see is uh, it feels like it's always a cliche in football, but it is the battle of the trenches between Virginia's offensive line and Boston College defensive line. Boston College defensive line has only a, has only sacked a quarterback four times this season. The O-line for Virginia is better than what it was the first couple of games. The move with Brian Stevens moving to center and then Ty Furnish moving to right guard has certainly made an impact, especially with the snaps. Now, there's still some issues in that O-line. They still need to do a better job. I mean, every coach will always tell you that, but the O-line has shown progress just with that move. Now, if I asked Des Kitchings on Wednesday if he thought if he would, you know, consider moving Uganda Nana from tackle to guard. Remember, Uganda Nana, when he first started in the spring, when he first transferred from Houston, he was more of a guard. He played right guard. However, because of injuries and because of everything, they moved him to tackle that's where he's been playing. But Jimmy Crist is healthy, so that's why I asked the possibility of him moving, and Des Kitching said no. He thinks he's going to keep Uganda Nana at that position right now because he's getting better every day. So the expectation is Uganda Nana will stay at that tackle position. But again, that is a, that is a battle in the trenches that is one to keep an eye on. The other thing I'm keeping an eye on is that BC secondary versus Virginia's very talented wide receivers. And to be fair, also running back Kobe Pace, who has been used in the passing game for UVA. I think Virginia has a couple good one-on-one matchups there when you look at how physical and how big Malachi Fields is and compared to Boston College's DBs. And if you watch the tape when they played Louisville, now 
defense did pretty solid against FSU, but then had that game against Louisville. But you can also say that FSU didn't have quite the best game. But again, that is a one-on-one matchup. And those are the matchups I think Virginia could get the edge. The other question, obviously, is Tony Musket is expected to start. Now, Tony Elliott said that, and Chris Kitchens both said that Tony Musket has been doing better every day. And obviously, everyone has um, been kind of focused on Anthony Colandrea, the true freshman quarterback who has done a good, solid job. Yes, he's had turnovers, but in the game against NC State, he learned how to respond from those turnovers compared to what he did against Maryland. He was able to lead a comeback before, unfortunately, those three late penalties. The, cur- the curious thing would be how does Tony Musket come back, respond to coming back? I could argue that there's more pressure on Tony Musket now to perform than it was during the game against Tennessee because now there's a true competition at quarterback. You're also going to have a lot of outside noise putting pressure on everyone when it comes to that quarterback battle. What is that saying? The most popular guy on grounds is always, or a popular girl on ga- campus is always the backup quarterback. Well, this is where Virginia is at right now. And honestly, Tony Elliott and Des Kitchings both, you know, when asked if they were willing to play a two quarterback system, they both they both said they're just going to do what it takes to win. So they didn't close the door on that. Um, as far as what else we're looking at, I think Virginia's DB unit against um, BC's receivers obviously is going to be a battle when Tia Castellanos is going to want to throw the ball. But honestly, his legs is where I think Virginia will have to watch. He is a quarterback that can also hurt you with his legs. So you're looking at the linebacker group to really stop the run, which has been hit or miss for this Virginia defense in the course of the last two seasons. So those are kind of the main battles that we're looking for. Obviously, Virginia has been uh, bit by the injury bug quite badly this season, and it continues to be that way. We're still waiting word if Ben Smiley will be ready for this game and Josh Ahern. Both of those guys are probable and questionable. Uh, Josh Ahern for an undisclosed injury while Ben Smiley is due to him going through concussion protocol. So expect a lot of true freshmen. As we wrote in Wahoo's 24-7 in two separate features today, one highlighting four star, former four-star Cam Robinson um, and his story to get to Virginia and also Dre Walker and the other freshmen uh, in our separate freshman feature that we're running on Wahoo's 24-7. A lot of first years making some noise for UVA. So um, that's my quick rundown of what we expect from the game. And we're going to take a break. And on the way back, we're going to have AJ Black from Eagle Insider to talk about the game. baseball season is in full swing which means you need to listen to fantasy baseball today part of the cbs sports podcast network join scott white chris towers and me frank stample every weekday as we recap every player from every game we'll talk waiver wire ads drops players to trade for prospects who could make an impact and everything in between make sure to download and follow on apple Podcasts, spotify the odyssey app and everywhere else podcasts are found Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jackie Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7. And like I promised you guys on the Tuesday episode, we are joined by AJ Black from EagleInsider.com and 24-7 Sports. AJ, thank you so much for joining us to kind of preview the game between Virginia and Boston College. Jackie, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to talk about this game and uh, an interesting matchup between two teams that need a win. Yeah, I, I mean, both of these teams are coming into this um you know obviously boston college has had two wins this year 
um, not convincing wins, but Virginia is looking for their first win. Before we kind of go into the nitty gritty here, AJ, what is the kind of energy around this program? You know, uh, Tuesday um, when we're recording this, the news of Alex Washington going into the portal. What is kind of the vibe around this program that's been struggling a little bit this season? It's it's been inconsistencies in a few different areas for BC that's kind of bit them in in various games. So the season open against NIU, they they ran into penalties and they uh, the offense couldn't sustain anything because they were always behind the sticks. Um, they were you know they changed their quarterback from Emmett Moorhead, who many expected to be the starter, to Thomas Castellanos after just two series. Uh, and so their offense just never got clicking. Then their defense was on the field too long. And, a, and frankly, a bad NIU team beat BC. Then they go and they play Holy Cross, an FCS school who, you know, they're good in the FCS ranks. Uh, they took BC to the limit and should have won that game. Uh, they had the ball to win the win against BC. And again, it was penalties. Penalties and drops uh, were a big issue um, through those first two games. Then they kind of put it all together against Florida state. And that's when, if you were watching that game, BC's defense looked good. You know, they didn't let up many explosives. They let up a couple touchdowns, but you'll take that when you play the Seminoles and Thomas Castellanos, you know, a comp- I think he accounted for 400 yards a night to a couple, I think it was a couple touchdowns in that game. So you saw him really explode, but it, again, it was penalties. That was in, it was an incredible 18 penalties, a, a, a team uh, record for penalties in that game that just doing BC BC should have won that game, uh, but the penalties killed them. And then last week it was, it was a whole new disaster. It was, it was the defense, which played well against Florida state, but they looked like they had cement in their shoes playing against Louisville, who was able to move up and down that field at will. And they made Jack Plummer look like a Heisman candidate out there. It was it was bad. It was a bad defensive outing. One of the worst I've ever seen as a BC covering BC, or even when I was at Boston college, I've seen, I've, I've been some, been some through some lean years with this team. Um, so it, the, it was the defense and it, there's a lot of concerns about that moving forward. Cause it wasn't just one position. It was, it was the whole defense that really, they looked poor. They looked really poor. Uh- Actually, that's going to my next question. The, the secondary did not look right in that team. And you have, you know, obviously we found out on Tuesday from Tony Elliott that Tony Musk is going to be the starting quarterback who is known for his accuracy and his strength as arm. Obviously, Anthony Colandre is the other option. If for some reason um, something happens and he can, they need Colandre to go in. He's shown that he has an arm as well and big playmaking capabilities. This matchup seems on paper like the one that Virginia is going to start to target is by trying to pass the ball as much as possible to see if they can go one-on-one with these DBs in that secondary. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, it would be the smart move after watching what they did last week. You saw BC's corners just, they, you know, I've had people on my podcast locked on BC a bunch. Uh, my co my co writer on on Eagle Insider, Mitch Wolf, who is so into watching the schemes and and everything, and you know, watching it back and talking with him about it, you know, the corners aren't instinctually knowing where to go. They're so locked into what am I supposed to do that they're missing that beat that they need to be aggressive, that they need to be on top of things. So they're in their own head right now. And if, 
you know, I, I was surprised that UVA changed quarterbacks when you had a guy that could could sling it, and you know, maybe he's not the most accurate quarterback in the world, but that was what beat BC bad last week, and you had someone who could do that. I'm not sure. I don't know much about Tony Musket, but just based off what I saw against NC State, I thought, wow, that that's that's going to be a tough matchup for Boston College if they played the way that they did this week. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, Muska. We actually don't know very much about him, to be fair. Granted, we know what we've seen from fall camp and we've heard, but he only played against Tennessee, and that's a hard game to really judge any quarterback, right. um, especially when you go talent for talent. But speaking of quarterbacks, you mentioned Castellanos. You know, obviously he wasn't the expected starter coming into the season. Right. What has he brought to the offense, and how has the offense changed with him? It's incredible. Um, it's t- Thomas Castellanos joined BC in August. He was a, a late transfer for BC, meaning like he was with UCF up until the spring practice. He was with UCF through the spring practices and joined BC over the summer. So I, you know, when when I heard he was coming, I was like, okay, you know, Morehead was out there. They they sent him to ACC media days. They sent him to you know, every other press conference, you got a chance to talk to Emmett Moorhead, you know, you just felt as a, as a reporter, like, Oh, this is going to be the starting quarterback. And then the week before Halfley came out and, and basically said that Emmett Moorhead's our starting quarterback. They pull him after two weeks, uh, two, no, sorry, two weeks. Yeah. Right. Two uh, series of downs. And that was it. We haven't seen Emmett Moorhead other than garbage time last week. Castellanos is a completely different quarterback and really what he does is a lot on his own. He's a, he improvises a ton and he's utilizing a really good offensive line that um, it has rebounded big time from last year. I mean, BC's offensive line in 2022 was the worst in the country bar none, but they went out, they, they got some transfers, including Logan Taylor from UVA um, and they've rebuilt this line so that it's serviceable. And that's allowed him to kind of learn and get going. He's fast. Um, he doesn't make a ton of mistakes, which is good. Uh, when he doesn't see a guy open, instead of trying to force it, he usually will just take it and run or check down. Um, and he's explosive. He, he's he, with both with his arm and with his legs. So he's a very mobile quarterback. I mean, he's had a bunch of, he had a, a 50 yard run against Florida state, 36 yard touchdown run against Louisville. Um, he's done it all. And in, in a year where things are just kind of, um, it's it's not been pretty for BC. He's been the sh- the shining light. And it's like when everything finally turns it around, like you're hoping that things turn it around for the program. He's going to be the guy I think that'll do it because he's he's special. He's a he's a quarterback that has that it factor, which you know if you're a stat person, it's hard to quantify what that means. But he has it. He's a winner. He um and he makes everyone around him better. So it's safe to say that this Boston College team will go as far as Castellanos will take on the offense. And that's basically what, you know, Boston College needs to do against Virginia is rely on him. And especially, you know, one thing that Virginia has struggled a lot is with dual threat quarterbacks. Some of the, you know, they did a good job against Brendan Armstrong getting pressure on him for the first time this season. But again, he did manage to get some yards on the ground. Do you feel like that is the matchup on this side of the ball is containing Castellanos for Virginia? And then for BC, he's the one that will kind of determine how well BC does. Yeah, I mean, if 
it's hard to say, you know, when you watch the team last week, when BC let up seven touchdowns on the first seven drives to Louisville, it's hard to, to look at the offense and, and uh, you know, argue what they could have done. But it, it took about a quarter and a half for Castellanos to get going last week. And by that point, the game was completely over. I don't expect the defense, but I mean, they've surprised me every game so far. Uh, I, I don't expect them to struggle to the level that they did against Louisville. I think Louisville has a really good offense. I, you know, no, no disrespect to UVA. I, they're at a different level than them. Right. So you, the hope is that if Castellanos can get things going, that will allow the defense to get more into what they're doing. And that will get BC more in sync. Um, I, I do think that, yeah, if he gets things going, this team will get going. But if he struggles, if UVA has watched something on film and have figured some things out about him, uh, BC could be in big trouble. So at the end of the day for BC, what do they need to do in your opinion to take the win? And what is your prediction at the end of the day? Okay. So they've got, (laughs) it's been a frustrating year and a lot of the BC fans are, are really having a hard time with this team because you know, you went into the season with with a schedule that looked winnable, that there was a lot of, you know, you, you avoided Clemson, you avoided Duke, Wake Forest, NC State, a lot of the bigger teams. And you're sitting at one and three right now with a loss to NIU. It's it's not good, right? So they've got to they've got to put together a complete game. That they we haven't seen that yet. And that means no 18 penalties like they had against Florida State, no six drops or seven drops like they had last week or against NIU. And they've got to have their defense not come out and look flat-footed. You know, the the one name that I think Virginia fans will want to watch for is Donovan Azaraku, who was all ACC um, this preseason as an edge rusher and hasn't has not done anything anything this year for BC. And it's been one of the biggest um, baffling mysteries I would say about this program is this is a guy that had eight and a half sacks last year for BC. I think he was second or third in the conference. He has one pressure in four games. He is in, he had no, no tackles. He had a whole bunch of zeros on his stat sheet last week. And that lack of pass rush has been a major issue because everyone looks at that secondary and yeah, they, they didn't play well either. But the fact that uh, Jack Plummer last week was able to just sit back and do what he wanted because there was no pass rush in his face was more of a condemnation on the on the defensive line than the secondary. So BC has a star player that isn't playing like a star. It hasn't played, honestly, very well at all. That's That's a big issue. And if he plays well, then I think the team will get better. I, I am expecting chaos on Saturday. I... I think, you know, these, these are two teams that I feel like play weird football right now. And I don't know what to expect from BC because every week they come out and they do something that I don't expect them to do, whether it's slop or, you know, just mistakes, that kind of stuff. So I'm expecting a, a higher scoring game. I think BC, BC probably will win because I think Castellanos is going to be the most talented player out there the way he's been playing lately. So with the home fields, I'll, I'll take BC maybe like 32-28. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Like you said, it's chaos. It's like the coastal remains in our hearts and minds with all yes, the exactly. shown in there in the ACC. Yep. So 
But um, I appreciate you joining the show, AJ, um, to talk a little bit about Boston College and what to expect from the Eagles. All right. Thanks for having me on, Jackie. As always, I appreciate and AJ coming on to the show and any of our 24-7 publishers to kind of share their knowledge of the team that Virginia is facing. Now, of course, he gave his prediction. I'm just about to give you guys my prediction. I think the opposite. I think Virginia is able to secure their first win of the season. I think the point spread is right. I think Virginia will win by a field goal. It's going to be a close matchup. But I think Virginia, although they haven't secured a win, there has been enough of a progress or enough flashes that I think UVA, if they put it together, they can take a win. The only thing that I'm hesitant when I was making this prediction was this was going to be a road game. Now, the last win that Virginia had was on the road in Atlanta against Georgia Tech. So I, I still think that when you look at both teams and you see the trajectory of both teams, Boston College had a good somewhat outing against Florida State and had all those penalties. But against Louisville, it felt like half the team didn't show up. And then again, in UVA, you saw steady progress from the Tennessee game where they were outplayed. JMU, where they let JMU come back by 11 points. Maryland, where they had that fourth quarter disaster. But then when you looked at um, NC State, yes, they came back. And they were 36 seconds away from going to overtime. So I think you're seeing steady progress. So I'm going with who has a little bit more of the momentum in this game. I think it'll be a close one. Um, but I am picking uh, Virginia to take the win and uh, make it the first win of the season. So again, we will be at Boston College. I'll be flying out there to Chestnut Hill to cover the game. We'll have full coverage on Wahoos 24-7 from interviews and post-game analysis. So we'll be right back here. Like I said, on Tuesday, we're going to do this every Tuesday and Thursday until we reevaluate with basketball coverage. We're going to be having a lot of women's and men's basketball coverage coming on the pod as well. So we'll have that. Um, coming up in about a week or two. So, but for that, we'll say goodbye for you for right now, and we'll see you back here on Tuesday.